weirdos. And welcome to the Weirding Hour. I'm Ria. And I'm Bothwell. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm I, I was too excited to introduce myself. <laughs> I'm Bothwell. I know. Yeah. And those two are here. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> um, we like to tell each other tales of strange, and hopefully, you like to hear them. Uh, and each week we tell each other something new based on a different topic. This week's topic is cults, mm. um, which, you know, get ready for it. It's it's going to get into it. And um, we also do a craft. And this week we are doing origami. So if you would like to origami with us, uh, you better find yourself some squared sheets of paper and uh, and some instructions. Uh, I've already failed at origami because my uh, sheet of paper is not square at all. Yeah, and I didn't get instructions, so I've just got a sheet of paper. Excellent. Let's see what happens. It's a very loose definition of the word origami. <laughs> I think it's going to be great. Uh, you know, there are different styles of origami. Um, so some are more creative and some are more um, specific and mathematical. So, you know, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm going for the more interpretive yes. kind can you in interpret what the fuck this is yes yeah <laughs> absolutely i'm gonna start this week so without further ado before there were pyramid schemes there were triangle cults if you're angling to join a cult this might be the right one for you <laughs> loving this who's <laughs> more than equal to the sum of the squares on two sides of your right angled triangle the legend a god on earth your hero and mine pythagoras of theorem fame what i don't know what's happening but i love it Rhea, is this a cult you've started because that is commitment to this show and i'm, I'm kind of here for it so yes um you blew my mind pythagoras Whoop, whoop. Yeah. Yeah. A, a squared plus B squared, man. Yeah. You know why you know the, the length of a hypotenuse? Because it was Pythagoras. in school. And honestly, if you weren't getting on your knees to worship that man, the second you... <laughs> oh, good. I was wondering where that was going. Yeah. Woo! Um, <laughs> and, yeah, bad. Worship, worship. Honestly, he's he's been dead a long time. If you're getting on your knees to do anything else with Pythagoras, uh, then you've got... Don't. <laughs> yeah, just don't. Just don't. Just don't do that. Okay. So Pythagoras, you will know him uh, from the theorem, uh, which was so famous in your maths class. Uh, with fame. Yeah, fame. Oh, gosh. Ping! 100th person has joined your cult. Okay. Yeah. Well, absolutely. So, as of course you will all know, uh, Pythagoras uh, was a famous Greek mathematician and philosopher. Uh, so that was 570 BC, and he's associated with the famous geometric theorem that bears his name. The theorem that states in a right angle, the square of the hypotenuse is equal to the sum of the squares of the other two sides. So say it, say it, say it in letters. Uh, I will not. I will not. Okay. <laughs> You're letting Pythagoras and all his followers down, but all right. I'll tell you what, I'm really bad at maths. So. I don't so, think you're getting into the cult, Rhea. I'm not lying. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> you know. What's a triangle? You know no, sorry. 
<laughs> save that doubt because I think I'd be well in there. Um, <laughs> so in Croton, he became the spiritual leader of a secret society based on a philosophical religion. Pythagoreans, who were his followers, um, and Pythagoreanism uh, was his cult, uh, survived in Italy uh, for nearly 200 years after his death. And his doctrines continued to be taught until the 6th century CE. So that was, uh, you know, he he had a huge fan base. Um, so the Pythagorean- Guys, check out this guy's math. <laughs> Woo! His math is the coolest. <laughs> He's got such a hot math. His math has bigger pecs than all the other subjects. Oh, my God. You guys are so right. Um, so... He was the, the Pythagoreans were the first to study regular solids. So like the dodecahedron, the tetrahedron. Um, Bowel the, movement. Yeah. <laughs> and the octahedron. Yes, octahedron. Sorry. So, yes, he's great. Everyone loves him. He's charismatic. He's kind of crazy. He's kind of a spiritual leader. Um, and he created uh, a lot of different ideas based on the ideas of numbers uh, being almost magical. And so I'll go through a, a numbered list that I found on the Internet of all the strange and wonderful beliefs uh, that the Pythagoreans held. Before I start the numbered list, I just want to point out that, you know, members were chosen. Um, they had very carefully. So probably I would get in because I'm great um you guys might not you know so that, that's just something to think about yeah I'm do not you great have to be able to do maths to do to get in because you've already admitted that you can't honestly some of them didn't and and I'm not entirely convinced and and some researchers also aren't entirely convinced that Pythagoras was doing any maths what <gasps> what Ooh, yeah. Controversial. So. Um, it's like the Milli Vanilli of back then. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to mention this thing because actually it's not in the numbered list, um, but other things in this little paragraph are. But I just want to mention um, that they couldn't stir fire with a knife. So that was one of the rules. And they wings. <laughs> and they also had to touch the earth when it thundered. All right. So these are just some of the rules. I'm going to go through some more that they're a little more in depth. So they worshipped numbers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they believed that numbers were the elements of the entire universe. And he taught his followers that the world was controlled uh, by mathematical harmonies that made up every part of reality. And more than that, that these numbers were sacred, almost like gods. Uh, so seven was the number of wisdom. Eight was the number of justice, and ten was the most sacred number of all. Every part of math was holy, and when they solved a new mathematical theorem, they would give thanks to the gods by sacrificing an ox. Ten is my favourite number, so I think I'd do well in this cult. Yeah, I think you would too. I don't um, want to sacrifice an ox, though. Do we have to? No, I'd rather not. Yeah. Um, but yes, we'll, we'll go on and actually see why sacrificing an ox um, was a little bit hypocritical of Pythagoras. Okay. So <laughs> was, was he, he an ox? ox? 
Yeah, he was an elf. Um, yeah, specifically, he is not who I thought he was. Pythagoras rocks. <laughs> so yeah, I just want to interrupt you and say I don't think that thinking all of the universe is made of math is crazy. No, it's not. The other stuff. Yeah, the ox shit is, you know, not great. I think perhaps the way that he thought that numbers made up the universe was a little crazy. I think numbers and maths and that sort of relation, that does hold true. But but there are certain things that were more mystical in uh, in Pythagoras's head than mathematical. Okay. Um, so yeah, they had a sacred symbol called the tetractus, and it was a triangle with ten points across four rows, meant to symbolise the organisation of space and the universe. Ten, they believed, was the highest order, uh, which contained all mortal things, and they literally worshipped it. And this is a quote, but I'm not sure where they got the quote from, but I'm going to read it out. Bless us, divine number, thou who generated gods and men. Uh, which which is great. Uh, so <laughs> yeah. it's nice and brief. <laughs> Gets to the point. Like you don't you don't want to take too long when you're worshiping numbers. No, uh, I hope that's ten ten words long. Oh, maybe it is. That would be that would be good. I'm not going to count it. Sorry. Um, <laughs> There's no time. If you wanted to join the Pythagoreans, you had to swear an oath on the holy triangle. And they would swear their loyalty by that pure, holy, four-lettered name on high, meaning the Tetractus, even though that's not four letters. Um, and then they would have to swear uh, by Pythagoras himself, who, like a mathematical Prometheus uh, to our mortal race, did bring the Tetractus. So that's great. Um, and he was treated like a god. Uh, they actually thought that he was divine. So they believed that he was a demigod and that they thought he was the son of a god, either Hermes or Apollo, depending on who you'd ask. They and they do not teach you this stuff in math class. No, yeah. they do not. They so, skimmed all this. Yeah, they did. They did. So they had hymns to his divinity. Pythias, fairest of the Samian tribe, one song went. Bore from the embraces of the god of the day, renowned Pythagoras, the friend of Jove. Which is great. Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to end every quote with that. Yeah. <laughs> friend of Job. <laughs> are you, did you choose to cover this because you think all the quotes from it are great? Uh, I think they're really great. I love them. And they also thought that Pythagoras had superpowers. So his followers said that he could tame eagles and bears by stroking them. And <laughs> yeah, like, okay. Um, and he could control any animal for that matter with the sheer power of his voice. Um, oh, and they also thought that he had the power to write words on the face of the moon. Imagine what that are you useful for? <laughs> Can you take? Can you just jot down this number? Oh, there's nothing to hand. I'll just pop it on the moon. <laughs> Wait, how did they come, come back to it later? Never need to carry a pen again. How did they find out that he had the power to write words on the face of the moon? Was well, just... that's it. It's a great brag, isn't it? Because how do you? How do you? How do they? Oh, like words, but they can't exactly argue with it. Can they? 1969. <laughs> And one of the biggest legends about him was that he had a golden thigh. Oh, I thought you were going to say penis. No, I really <laughs> thought that was going in the penis direction. Thigh. One golden thigh. Indeed. 
What uh, is that even useful except getting you out of swim class forever? No, also quite I, easy to disprove. Well, <laughs> no, actually, um, when someone doubted his divinity, uh, Pythagoras would show them his thigh and win a new convert every time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, Pythagoras, what a man. Um, and it was said uh, one time he showed a priest his thigh and as a reward was Gosh. given a magical golden dart that would let him fly over mountains, expel diseases and calm storms. I love this guy. <laughs> Isn't he? It's cold. Yeah. So he also told people that he would be reborn after death. So he told people that he was on a, a cycle of reincarnation and... Um, Though he'd asked his godfather, possibly Hermes, um, if he could have immortality, he didn't grant him that gift. But he did grant him the gift to remember every single past life that he'd had. So um, Pythagoras would say that he had fought with Achilles at, Tro at the Trojan War and he'd also worked as a humbled fi humble fisherman and he'd even been a beautiful courtesan. Um, so he so <laughs> yeah. sexy golden thigh. <laughs> yeah. And he also said that he could sense old souls in new bodies. So um, he apparently saw a dog getting beaten once and ran into the street to stop the dog being beaten, saying, "No, it's the soul of my friend." Um, but apparently, other dogs can be beaten. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> not that one though. I honestly think I do really well in this cult. I've been told I was an old soul many times by my grandma. Well, uh, is your grandma Pythagoras? <laughs> Quite possibly. <laughs> in a later life. And he was also one of the first people in Western history to abstain from eating meat for moral reasons. Um, so he and his followers were vegetarians, but they would also sacrifice oxes. So, you know. So it's a, it's a bit of a mixed message there. Yeah, it is a little bit of a mixed message. Kill the animal, just don't eat it. Uh, apparently. Um, and then there are also some other rules that he had. So um, if you were a Pythagorean, uh, you could only put your right shoe on first and then <laughs> Um, I and, like cults with practical rules. I really yeah, do. Exactly. Did, did he just have quite severe OCD? I mean, this is what I'm getting. Yeah, numbers yeah. are special and important. They're order of things to put on. And he also um, said that you couldn't actually uh, eat food. Oh, no. I think he can. Yeah. Taste ye of what falls beneath the board. So perfectly happy for you to eat food that's fallen on the floor. Well, yeah. You mean he started the three second, second rule? rule. Yeah. <laughs> ten, ten, ten seconds. Rule. <laughs> ten. Magic number. Ten seconds. Oh. Yeah, ten maybe it's just the three second rule for the street. I don't know. Yeah. Can we maybe. start spreading that rumor that Pythagoras started the ten second rule? Yeah. We can. It, I don't know in terms of gossip today how far it's going to go, Nina. <laughs> oh, you want to hear something spicy? <laughs> <laughs> that Pythagoras. Um, what a guy. So he was also strict about sex. So um, he thought that like bodily fluids were a part of a person's soul, uh, particularly a man, um, and that if he expelled them, that he would give up some of his strength. So Pythagoras taught his followers to abstain from sex whenever possible. 
but if they really couldn't help themselves to try and just keep it in the winter and and abstain in summer <laughs> okay yeah just do it in the winter and not in the summer yeah why uh i guess it's colder in winter and therefore you're more likely to be snuggling up to someone for warmth and whilst you're there I mean, surely summer when you want to take all your clothes off and you're like, oh, well, as we're both here now, winter, you're like, I'm already wearing pajamas and socks in bed. I can't take everything off. I'll be super honest. If it's super hot, no one's coming near me. Oh, fair enough. Uh, hey. <laughs> Do belong Sandra. Anyway. <laughs> oh, OK. And if you... Uh, and Nina, this might be a deal breaker for you. I don't oh. know. It might be all right. But if you're a new initiate, um, you would actually have to be silent for five years. <laughs> yeah, it might Nina, be a deal joy. breaker. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So apparently it was a way to learn self-control and make sure that anyone who wanted to join his cult could do it. Um, but... It could also be that it would keep math secrets and like mystical secrets from people who weren't initiated yet. Don't tell them all the math secrets. Yeah, like don't tell them the math secrets. So, um, so yeah, they tried to keep um, silent for five years, which is a bit harsh. But, you know, maybe maybe it was just nice not to have to talk sometimes. Um, <laughs> you know, I think for like a weekend yeah like a retreat that thing but five years it's a bit can you can you imagine i just feel sad for the world for all the wonderful things they'd be missing out on if i didn't speak five years (laughs) (laughs) it's a good it's a good point uh so he also may have drowned a man (laughs) all right (laughs) so um one of pythagoras's followers was a man called hippasus and um he may have drowned him for one of two reasons. One, uh, he may have been the first person to prove the existence of irrational numbers, which Pythagoras was saying that all numbers were rational. Uh, and and Hippasus obviously proved him wrong. So I've had to die. It says here, the square root of two was an irrational, never ending number um so like I, I i still don't know but anyway that's what it says um but pythagoras had taught that all numbers could be expressed as ratios of integers yep and, yep we're with you yeah, and <laughs> loving this maths lesson <laughs> i miss twilight like <laughs> so basically um the legend is that they were on a boat and in response um, to Hippasus announcing irrational numbers, as you do on a boat, Don't the do on boat. grabbed Hippasus, wrestled him to the side of the boat and held his head underwater until he stopped moving. Then Pythagoras threw the lifeless body overboard and turned to the others aboard and warned them never to tell a soul what had happened. And they um, were all like, <laughs> yes, exactly. Because they were all newly joined members. <laughs> but another tale suggests that Hippasus discovered the dodecahedron 
and Ooh. showed how to inscribe it in a sphere, but then he failed to give credit to the Pythagoras. This discovery may have been especially meaningful to the Pythagoreans because of the dodecahedron's pentagonal faces, um, because they had adopted uh, the pentagram or uh, pentagon star, which is the Greek symbol for health, as the special symbol to identify others in the brotherhood. So the pentagram is created by connecting the vertices of a regular pentagon and in doing so creates a new regular pentagon inside. And it just might have been a step too far for Hippasus to then have turned this into a solid shape. <laughs> You've gone too far, man. Like, you're even. So, yes. These uh, guys are wild. They're crazy. So, um, Pythagoras was also said to give speeches from behind a curtain. So, <laughs> like the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Pay no attention, just look at the triangle. <laughs> This was so that only his true followers would see his face. So if you sort of become part of the privileged circle, then he would reveal his face to you. Um, but if you weren't, you you weren't like worthy enough to see his face. <laughs> Still, fancy hear his ideas. Can you imagine being like, guys, we're friends enough now. You are worthy of seeing my face. <laughs> What a disappointment that would be. No, what I... <laughs> what a bitch. <laughs> Penultimately, um, Pythagoras was said to uh, give up his life to protect fava beans. Fava beans? Mm-hmm. Nice candy. Yeah, I was going to say that you have with someone's liver. <laughs> yeah, except I don't have it with someone's liver because I'm not a cannibal. So, yes. So his followers weren't allowed to eat beans um, because um, specifically fava beans, apparently, um, because they would uh, beans, he taught, would take away a piece of the soul. So like when you farted, some of the soul would leave. Oh, <laughs> no. How did he feel about breathing? <laughs> apparently that was OK. Um, burping was probably fine as well. Just cuts out the ass. Uh, but, a, but a shot and you can forget it. You're damned. <laughs> he was also said um, to have said to his followers that eating fava beans and gnawing on the heads of one's parents are one and the same. <laughs> I don't think they're the same. This guy. I, th I think they're a little bit different. Yeah, just a smidge, you know? Yeah. So... Um, Basically, the town that he lived in, uh, apparently they weren't very uh, happy with his cult. So they like set fire to the house where he and his cult were living. Um, and he apparently escaped. But as he was running away, he ran into a field of fava beans, but had to stop because he didn't want to crush the beans. Um because so it would be stamp like stamping on your parents' head, I presume. Yeah, exactly. And uh, and so they, they caught him and killed him. Uh, but then apparently there's lots of other stories of his death, but almost all of them end with Pythagoras giving his life for a bean field. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the hill you want to die on? Is that the field you want to die in? Well, quite. Yeah. So that's the end of uh, my tale. Uh, of Pythagoras. I uh, really enjoyed that. 
with his triangle cult. Might I add as well, that bitch be crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Which you wouldn't imagine, given that he's plighted children for years with having to buy that ridiculous set what? of things where you only know what the protractor and the one triangle is oh, and what goodness. none of the other stuff is for. <laughs> yeah, but also, like, they think that he probably didn't do the theorem, that it... Um, I read somewhere else that it was attributed to, like, two pythagoreans like after his death so uh, he was just like a master scammer <laughs> he was yeah, just a nutbag really with a bean anything. field <laughs> just took a lot of credit for other people's yeah. ideas well i mean he didn't actively take the credit for other people's ideas at that point if because he was already dead but yeah people sort of ascribed it to him because it was of the pythagorean cult well i guess that's one of the benefits being a cult leader you get to claim all of your cult members uh whatever they achieve achievements yeah achievements yeah. Yeah. achievements is a shorter way of saying that <laughs> i liked your way nina you know roundabout <laughs> but yeah i i think uh pythagoras uh you know fun guy to be around uh, he did develop some things um about musical harmonies and yeah and seeing those sorts of mathematical connections between things but as many sort of philosophical ideas at that point it was more mysticism than mathematical i think he sounds quite fun to hang around he's not gonna fart <laughs> no wow and if he does he'll have an amazing dramatic reaction to it <laughs> <laughs> my soul <laughs> amazing yeah, cool. uh, yeah. The, i particularly enjoyed your intro for that can you do puns uh, a paragraph of puns every time <laughs> Yeah, you've said a bar now, Nina. Rhea, sorry. Um, yeah, I worked hard on that because I'm not normally, uh, oh, I'm not good at them. So, uh, yeah, I, I had to prepare. Well done. It was amazing. <laughs> Before we start our next story, can I just interject that I am trying to follow an origami step-by-step -step picture thing as yeah. we're doing this. And it is, I don't even know what these pictures mean. They're tiny and there's just little arrows pointing in every direction. Yeah. It's like do this, do this, now it's finished. And you're like, yeah, it's not though. I don't, I don't feel it is. Um, Nina, who is next? Is it you <laughs> or is it me? It's me. Oh, nice. It's me. So are we going to get on a real downer now, guys? Oh, yeah, we should have finished with you, really, because that was yeah. uplifting. Um, yeah, fair warning, this is the most depressing. Yeah, do you, have you got any trigger warnings, Nina, just to let audience members know if they... Um, all of them. Yeah, everything that is awful is about to happen in the next two. Death. I like very morbid, horrendous things. I like reading about them. I don't know why. I'm morbid. It's weird, isn't it? And the thing is, as well, when we're reading them, I'm like, oh, you're such a dick. I hate you all. And I'm like, why am I reading this? I could literally <laughs> just not know about these people and feel calmer and nicer. And instead, I'm just enraged. But it's addictive. Yeah, I don't know. We're freaks. Yeah. Strange. Weirdos. We're weirdos. I just... I, I don't know. Since I was a small child, I remember being very morbid. Okay. Um, Moving on. <laughs> I am doing the People's Temple Agricultural Project, also known as Jonestown. Ooh, that's, that is a good one. Rhea, don't concentrate so hard on your fucking thing that you can't listen. I could see your face. <laughs> <laughs> You're very angry. <laughs> 
But like, honestly, the, it's like, do this, do this, it's done. And and my brain's just trying to go like, it's not. It's not done. It's not done. All right, I'm, I'm concentrating on you. Damn right. Have you heard of Jonestown? Yes. I think everyone's probably heard of Jonestown. Um, so I chose it because it was the, it's, it's basically the cult that's most famous for the most number of people dying because of it. And it's got to be as well. It's got to be like one of the most, when you think of cults, I feel like Jim Jones and Jonestown is kind of the go-to almost archetype. I know that you had Manson as well, but I think he's very like so specific to the smaller. 60s. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Was okay. So, anyway, I don't, I don't know. I, I didn't I research him. Yeah, fair. Sorry. Whenever you're ready. We definitely need to do another cult today, though, because I'm obsessed with cults at the moment. Yes. They're good. I mean, they're not. They're terrible. Don't join one. Join ours. <laughs> join this podcast. Don't join one. Cult. Join this one. Okay, so a bit of background on Jim Jones. He was born in 1931 in Indiana, and he grew up poor in a shack without plumbing with an alcoholic farmer who was reportedly associated with the KKK. Um, he was like quiet, weird kid who read a lot and he studied Stalin, Marx, Mao, Gandhi and Hitler and developed an intense interest in religion. He struggled to make friends. Um, childhood acquaintances recalled him as a really weird kid who was obsessed with religion and death. And they alleged that he frequently held funerals for small animals and that he had stabbed a cat to death. Uh. Uh, so in 1951, when he was 20, he began attending communist gatherings and became frustrated with the persecution of communists in the US because this was like right at the height of the second Red Scare. Um, he realised that faith healing services were a good way to attract people and their money, which would then allow him to achieve his social goals. And so in 1956, he began his own church that became known as the People's Temple Christian Church Full Gospel. Mm. It rolls off the tongue, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's breezy. It's really easy for marketing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the New York Times reported that in 1953, declaring that he was outraged at what he perceived as racial discrimination in his white congregation, Mr. Jones established his own church and pointedly opened it to all ethnic groups. To raise money, he imported monkeys and sold them door to door as pets. Ooh. He's a, he's a very weird mix. So, yeah, I mean that's that's a man of many trades and things, really. Yes. There, isn't it? Yeah. Um. So during that time, he also helped to racially integrate churches, restaurants, um, the telephone company, the Indianapolis Police Department, a theater, an amusement park, and indiana university health methodist hospital so he was like a weird mix of like being obsessed with religion and death and treating animals badly but he was also really into communism and socialist ideas he was very anti-capitalist um and he was also very pro-equality um and he actually did a lot of work in the civil rights movement movement and um gained quite a lot of recognition for helping minorities but so he concealed that his gospel was actually communism until the late 1960s. So he was preaching this gospel, but what he was actually preaching was communism. Because in America at that time, if you were a communist, you know, you you were in quite a lot of trouble. Yeah, you were not popular, were you? Now they're like, communism? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and socialism is a dirty word. 
yeah, it fucking shouldn't be. No. Um, by So by the early 1970s, Jones was rejecting the Bible as a tool to oppress women and non-whites and began preaching that he was the reincarnation of Gandhi, Jesus and Lenin. All right. Wow. So it, it's this downhill slope. Things are getting a bit weird. So that was in early 1970s. And then in the summer of 1977, he abruptly moved the temple and several hundred of its members to Guyana after an article was released in a newspaper that included allegations by former temple members that they were physically, emotionally and sexually abused. Mm. He named the new settlement Jonestown after himself because cult leaders, narcissist. Massively so. Always. Yeah, but was he the son of God? I mean, he thinks he was. Yeah, I think a lot of them do think that. God's yeah. got a lot of sons, if that's the case. Rarely daughters. Oh, weird. Crazy. Um, so he had started building Joe's town years earlier in order to establish it as a model communist community, stating that the temple comprised the purest communists there are. He did not, however, permit members to leave. Mm. So there's so much information around this, and I was going to get, like information about what it was like in Jonestown but honestly there's just so much it was really hard to condense um, and also I slightly ran out of time so (laughs) he basically showed that it was like prosperous and really doing well but it was built like seven miles from the nearest water source and it it wasn't able to be self-sustaining and they had to import wheat and all of this stuff so he tried to make it seem like this utopia but it wasn't Mm. um Oh, another weird thing that he did, just because I'm interested in the weirdness of these people. Um, while Jones banned sex among Temple members outside marriage, he voraciously engaged in sexual relations with both male and female Temple members. He, however, claimed that he detested engaging in homosexual activity and did so only for the male Temple adherents' own good, purportedly to connect them symbolically with himself. Huh. He thinks is the son of God. Well, isn't he just super kind for giving himself up in that way? What a martyr he is. I mean... uh... Um, So his health significantly declined while he was in Jonestown. Um, I saw a thing about him being addicted to drugs um, and he became super paranoid. Um, He felt that people were conspiring against him. And I mean, conspiring or people trying to leave and you saying, no, you can't leave. Just yeah. same thing, right? Potato, yeah. potato. And in 1978, he was informed of a possible lung infection, upon which he announced to his followers that he had, in fact, had lung cancer. Oh. So he just, I think, just lying. Just, oh, nice. Yeah. Just... Um, so a reporter who had previously followed him for 18 months said upon seeing Jones that it was shocking to see his glazed eyes and festering paranoia face to face to realise that nearly a thousand lives, ours included, were in his hands. Mm. Yeah, I don't think I'd be super happy about that, if I'm perfectly honest. Because of all this stuff going on, a concerned relatives group was formed from people who had left the temple. And in April 1978, they distributed documents, letters and affidavits to the press, Congress and the temple, titled An Accusation of Human Rights Violations by Reverend James Warren Jones. I think we are going to have to interrupt you there, Nina, because otherwise I feel like Rhea will judge me and tell you that it is an affidavit. (laughs) It looks, I mean, I knew when I was pasting that in there, I was like, I'm going to have to ask them how you say that. No, I like, I like that you went for it. I liked your flourish. Anyway, 
it's the thing. It's papers basically saying how shit it was there. Um, and in June, an escape temple member provided the group with a further affidavit detailing crimes by the temple and substandard living conditions in Jonestown. So I think like they didn't have a lot of food. They were being worked like 12 hours a day, six days a week. They they started off there like building buildings for everyone, but they fell into disrepair because people couldn't keep up with it. And it was just pretty horrible. Um, he also had loudspeakers everywhere, mm. um, similar to other dictatorships um, that would just splurge propaganda all day and all night and like they were everywhere so you couldn't get away from it that would be such a headache yeah that would be really horrible well if you thought that was bad it's about to get a whole lot worse uh it was in november 1978 uh when congressman leo ryan led a mission to jonestown to investigate the reports of human rights abuses the visitors included relatives of temple members, a camera crew and newspaper reporters. So initially they were received warmly. Um, they held a reception for them and had food and dancing and stuff. Um, although Jones said he felt like a dying man and it was later reported that Jones had run rehearsals on how to convince Ryan's delegation that everyone was happy and in good spirits. Mm. So, I mean, according to him, wasn't he a dying man with all the lung cancer and everything? Well, yeah, according to him. Um, so during this night when they had visitors, temple members attempted to pass notes to the visitors, asking them to please help us get out of Jonestown. Um, but a child witnessed some of the notes passing and alerted other temple members. Oh, yeah. oh what a dick. Well, it's sad because it's a child and they don't know what they're doing and you know they're, they're just a following narc. they're being a narc don't be a narc kid no one likes that kid <laughs> you, know, you know what they say you know snitches get stitches well exactly or a drink full of poison <laughs> oh spoilers is <laughs> uh, <or> that <laughs> So in the early morning of November 18th, 11 members sensed the kind of danger and this sort of tension growing. Um, and it was enough to leave them, lead them to leave. And they walked out of Jonestown and to a nearby town and they managed to escape. But later on, so that afternoon, families began stepping forward and asking to leave. Um, and I think as more and more pe like people came forward, people felt more like they could um, and a truck left with them for the airport. Uh, so Ryan, the congressman who had stayed behind to help any additional defectors, um, shortly after the truck left, he was grabbed by a temple member, Don Sly, who was wielding a knife. Fortunately, the other temple members wrestled him to the ground, Sly, um, and Ryan then also left Jonestown to travel to the airport to go back to America. Um, he had said to Jones that he most of the people he spoke to said they didn't want to leave. The people who said they did want to leave were coming with him. So he was going to do a report that was generally positive. Uh, but so on board one of the two planes carrying defectors was Temple loyalist Larry Layton. Several defectors have voiced their suspicions about his motives previously. And as the plane was on the airstrip, he produced a handgun and began firing at the passengers. Oh, Meanwhile, a tractor with a trailer attached, driven by members of the temple's Red Brigade, Red Brigade security squad, 
arrived and members opened fire with shotguns, handguns and rifles while at least two shooters circled the plane on foot. So they were supposed to be leaving and getting away. They'd supposed to be given permission permission to do that by um, Jim Jones. But then shooters were sent and they went and attacked them. Um, and back at Jonestown, Jim Jones made an announcement calling all members to the pavilion. A 44-minute cassette tape known as the death tape records part of the meeting. So basically, when the assembly gathered, Jones told the gathering um, about the people and the plane. One of those people on that plane is going to shoot the pilot. I know that. I didn't plan it, but I know it's going to happen. They're going to shoot that pilot and down comes the plane into the jungle. And we had better not have any of our children left when it's over because they'll parachute in here on us. On the tape, he urged Temple members to commit revolutionary suicide. And according to Joan Sound Effectors, its theory was you can go down in history saying you choose your own way to go. And it is your commitment to refuse capitalism and in support of socialism. Mm, it's so sad. It, it's it's really sad. Um, this bit's even worse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> um, according to escaped Temple member Odell Rhodes, the first to take the poison were Rudetta Paul and her one-year-old infant. Mm. A syringe without a needle fitted was used to squirt poison into the infant's mouth, after which Paul squirted another syringe into her own mouth. Stanley Clayton said that Jones approached people to encourage them to drink the poison and that after adults saw the poison begin to take effect, they showed a reluctance to die. I think that's the worst thing about all of this is like people got all swept up in it. It was this thing they believed in. They got there. It turned out to be really bad. But then even if at first they were willing to go through with it, they were basically forced into it. Um, so they were saying how they were given this this drink with cyanide in it. But if you're refusing to drink it at that point, you know, if you change your mind, there were armed guards around the outside oh. of the building. So you just you didn't either way you were going to die, basically. Why couldn't he just kill himself? That's the thing I always have with these cult leaders. It's just like, just go and kill yourself. Just like if that's your thing. Why don't you kill yourself first as a kind of and then we'll all follow. The yeah. And then everyone else can make their decision once they've seen you do it. And I'm not normally an advocate of, of harming yourself. Like I would I would always encourage people like, you know, to but maybe that to me is running out harm. of options. But yeah, if you're gonna mass murder a load of people and it's your big yen, it's like then you do it. Leave them alone. Yeah. If the choice is thousand people and yourself or just yourself, yeah. maybe go go tell the police. Yeah. <laughs> Try and get yeah. some help his response to reactions of seeing the poison take effect on others, he counselled, die with a degree of dignity, lay down your life with dignity, don't lay down with tears and agony. I mean, they're, yeah, they right. are yeah, consuming no, cyanide. Yeah, it's just going to be probably very painful. Yeah. I mean, surely you just you just lie down and, uh, and stoically take it. Yeah. Like it's, you Even know, though, destroying your insides. Yeah. So an estimated 20 to 30 minutes for adults to die after consuming oh, it. Jesus. So Rhodes described a scene of both hysteria and confusion as parents watched their children die from the poison. He also stated that most present quietly waited their own turn to die and that many of the assembled temple members walked around like they were in a trance. 
so yeah, they were surrounded by our armed guards and cries and screams of children and adults were easily heard on the tape recording made. Mm-hmm. Jones was found dead, lying next to his chair in the pavilion between two other bodies, his head cushioned by a pillow, and his death was caused by a gunshot wound to his right temple, consistent with being self-inflicted. What a prick. So he gets everyone else to poison themselves and slow death, and then he's like, okay, bye. Yeah. Because there were, so in total, I think there were... 909 people who died it was around 909 some people escaped i think maybe around 40 people escaped but so they didn't because there were so many it just overwhelmed local authorities and america when they shipped the bodies back so they didn't do autopsies on them they only did autopsies on like seven people um but there were reports that some people had like injection spots and some people had gunshots, so it's hard to know who drank stuff willingly, who was injected mm. unwillingly, who was who was shot to speed up the process after they drank it willingly, and who was just forced. Yeah. Um, you know, it's all just fucking tragic. The aftermath, so Larry Layton, who was the person who started firing by himself on the one of the planes, he was initially found not guilty of attempted murder in a Guyanese court, employing the defence that he was brainwashed. But then he was deported back to the US and tried under a federal statute against assassinating members of Congress and internationally protected people. And he was convicted of conspiracy and of aiding and abetting the murder of Ryan and of the attempted murder of someone else who I haven't mentioned. Um, he, he was paroled in 2002 fucking paroled um why and he is the only person ever to have been held criminally responsible for the events at jonestown so i just finish up with about what's left of the the town um so the buildings were mostly destroyed by a fire in the mid 1980s after which the ruins were left to decay and be reclaimed by the jungle and in 2003 with the help of jerry i think guvia a pilot involved with the Jonestown cleanup, a television crew recording a special for the 25th anniversary of the event, returned to the site to uncover any remaining artefacts. Gouveia also led the team to the former site of the pavilion, where they found the remains of a steel drum, an organ, and a bed of daisies growing where the bodies once lay. Oh. Yeah, it's really sad, but it's so fascinating. Like, I would leave the country and go and join a socialist utopia i would do that it's scary it's scarily real to me yeah but i I suppose it's and i guess that's the way that cults work isn't it that they get you kind of step by step and you often wonder like maybe these things start out as ideals although probably not because like you say they are narcissists well i think his did start out with ideals because he was very much he was socialist he was about very much into equality but then it got he got more extreme and into communism and I do so one of the things that I wanted to mention but it was hard to sort of fit in because he did all of that civil rights work and he was all about equality um a lot of his followers were minorities um and I felt like it was really important to mention this fact because I had no idea about it but black people made up approximately 70% of jo- the Jonestown population mm. and 45% of the residents were black women. Mm. 
he just like found this like vulnerable people in society at that time you and know. just exploited them didn't he, he, he yeah. yeah and the thing is I you know to get somebody to think that it is the right thing to do to poison their child like that is so manip you know you can't even imagine it can you no you just it's just fucking bonkers but I just I had like I've heard about this quite a lot mm. but I had no idea that like the demographics were like that like I've never no. heard that reported anywhere and it's it's just crazy like someone who's fighting for people's like livelihoods starting off with and then that's how it ends up like I you know I'd fucking follow him to that place and then be stuck there like he's was preaching a lot of things I don't that think ideals that no. anyone who puts themselves up on a pedestal and starts telling people things is yeah he'd probably have lost you when he started claiming that he was the son of god and things like that to be fair yeah i wouldn't join anything where someone was saying they were god <laughs> no matter how much i agreed with their ideologies yeah. All right. Go on, Bobs. All right, then. Uh, cool. So today I am doing the cult of the Church of the Firstborn of the Lamb of God, which also rolls easily off the tongue. I love um, it. Yeah, it's one of the it's... compulsory factors of starting a cult. Yeah. It has to be long and ridiculous title. Um, I would say mine probably steers more towards Nina's kind of story. This is a bummer. But I actually spent a lot of time trying to find cults that were less... <laughs> abusive of children and women um, and it's really hard actually Guys, because that's what it mostly seems cult. to be yeah, we it. should start a happy cult yeah anyway th this is not a happy cult so anyway um so it was yeah the church of the firstborn of the lamb of god sometimes also known as church of the lamb of god and it was basically a violent latter-day saint group created by Irville le baron and I just figure like you know the cult's going to be bad when the leader's name basically <laughs> spells out evil just with an extra R in it. He's like, I'm And it's Irville. also titled The Baron. The Baron. It's, it's in both of his names. Yeah, exactly. He's, there, there's signs there. Anyway, so Irville was the son of Almadea Lebron. Lebron? Have I misspelled that? Oh, let's go with Lebron. Um, no, I think it should be Lebron. I've just taken an A out. Um, Alma was under the belief that his grandfather, Benjamin Johnson who was one of the earliest followers of Joseph Smith. And that was the guy who set up the Latter-day Saints movement, which from what I can understand is essentially just Mormonism. So Alma was under the belief that his granddad, Benjamin, was the successor of Joseph Smith. Now, there was a little bit of controversy because in the Latter-day Saints movement, initially it was normal for them to practice um, polygamy. However, this was then later renounced, or that practice was later renounced, and Johnson and many others wanted to continue the practice, so they sort of split off. And eventually I his descendants... I my wives. <laughs> yeah, I need all of my wives, all ten. Um, so basically he and his descendants ended up moving to um, Mexico because the government there basically didn't care about polygamy. Um, just to let you know as well, much like Nina, this story is so interesting and so intricate and you could do like a seven hour podcast on it. Um, and I have whittled this down to what I'm hoping is 20 minutes. Um, but please do take the time to go and like go and read about it after guys, cause it's so interesting. Oh, I anyway, will. good. Anyway, so 
believing that his granddad had been the successor, Alma then uh, basically said, like, I'm now the true successor of Mormonism. I am here to, you know, kind of lead everybody. But then he died. So after that, it fell to his sons. And dead. Sorry. Gone. It's hard to lead when you're dead. It's certainly going to be a barrier, I feel. Yeah. It's going to stay in the gonna make problems. Yeah. Um, but so at this point, his sons all kind of came forward claiming to be the true successor. So in 1955, uh, his son, Joel, which was, I think, the oldest son, um, founded the Church of the Firstborn of the Fullness of Times. Oh. <laughs> Uh, and appointed himself yeah. president because you can do that when you start your own cult. Um, and he put his brother Erville as his second in command. And he basically had like quite a lot of authority over their, one of their newer settlements. And the third brother, well, a, a third brother, um, Verlan, uh, also held like another high position up in the church. However, this wasn't a successful union of brotherhood. Uh, you know, it's not it's not like Hanson. This this all fell apart quite quickly. <laughs> By 1967, there was a lot of tension between Joel and Irville. Um, so this is like 12 years later. So this, I think, is a sign that Irville was a little bit diabolical. He basically started advocating for the return of a former Mormon practice called blood atonement. And the idea behind this is that a sinner has to shed their blood in order to kind of secure a place in heaven. Uh, in layman's terms, it's pretty much the death penalty that he gets to decide who is a sinner. <laughs> so he's like, they should die. So Joel was like, no, bro, that's not cool. Let's not do that. Um, which annoyed yes, Irville. Uh, Joel is the leader of the Church of the Firstborn of the Fullness of Times. No, I was, saying yes. I was saying yes, Joel. Oh, sorry, I thought you said who's Joel, but no, yes. Yes, yes, Joel, no blood yes. sacrifices. We're on board with Joel. Joel seems to have the most sense at the moment. Um, hold that thought. So Irville mm. started <laughs> essentially just chatting shit about Joel and accused his brother of crimes against the faith. So um, at this point, he split off and Irville began the Church of the Firstborn of the Lamb of God. Or we could call it Kothbolg for short. Please <laughs> but let's <do>. not. <laughs> no, please do. Kothbolg. It sounds like a disease. Um, so similar to his brother, he named himself president. Um, and some of Joel's followers actually switched their allegiance over to Irville as well. So in 1972. It comes down hard on uh, human sacrifice. Yeah, they're like, Joel is no fun. We can't kill anybody. Let's go hang out with Irville. Um, who, FYI, his name also does sound a bit like he should be getting like wedgied at school, doesn't yeah. it? Like Irville. Yeah. It's anyway. not a surprise that that name is not in. Yeah, there is a reason that we still have the name Joel and no one is called Irville. Um, <laughs> so anyway, it gets pretty dark in 1972 when Irville organizes the murder of his brother. Um, and he becomes the first victim of the blood atonement policy. So what's quite funny is that Irville is then surprised that Joel's followers don't actually flock over to him, but rather send message that Irville should probably be arrested for the murder of his brother. Um, he was convicted of planning the murder, but he ended up being freed a year later by an appeals court. Why? Uh, who knows? Who knows? Probably, probably something that is corrupt, I imagine. Yeah. It was an accident, lol. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't really mean it when I said go and kill my brother. Irville um, continued to release pamphlets and books while he was in prison, insisting that he was the Mormon, one mighty and strong. And basically, 
I am God's representative on earth. Uh, and he gets to decide who should die for their sins. So we're seeing a bit of a pattern here. Like Jim Jones, he's like, I am God's representative, therefore I can do what I like. Um, if I declare myself as God's representative, do you think I could just do whatever the fuck I want? I, I think it's harder these days. For reason, you can do whatever you want. You just yeah. can't expect anyone to listen to you. Yeah, oh. that's a good point. And you seem to need that to carry the full weight. You can't really be a cult of one. Yeah. It's harder. I mean, well, I am. <laughs> Will I, I am? That old cult. Oh, that's a different cult. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole other cult. Um, anyway, so while Irville was in prison, Joel's followers elected his younger brother, Verlin, um, to be, I think he's younger. Please correct me if I'm wrong, listeners. Damn. If their dad just hadn't had all these fucking kids. I know, right? And also the names, though. Verlin. Oh, I don't, anyway. Um, so Vernon got elected as the president of Joel's former church. Um, and so during this time, then, um, obviously, Irville decided that he should probably be executed. <laughs> so Vernon, fearing for his life, made the very sensible choice, I feel, to run away and hide. Good. Um, Irville didn't like that though because he still perceived him as being like a threat who could overthrow him or you know might be inspired you know other people might be inspired to overthrow Irville to get Verlin back uh, as the leader of the cult come out I won't kill you yeah I didn't mean it let's be friends um, anyway so Irville sent his underage 13th wife Rena and her two brothers to raid an area where they thought Verlin might be hiding so they threw firebombs at house shot at houses shot at residents they killed two young men and injured 13 but they failed in their mission because Verlin had moved his family to or families to Nicaragua so it was nowhere near oh. <laughs> um Irville was arrested for masterminding the raid, but was later released due to lack of evidence. What? Yeah, it's all kinds of corrupt, guys. So, one of the wives, no, sorry, one of the cult members, I'm going to try and say her name, Noemi, and her surname is spelt like karate, but with a Z. So, Noemi Zarati, or could be Zarate. Who knows? Anyway, she was one of the wives of a guy called Bud Chinnawith, and he was the father of two of Irville's wives. Sorry, can we so, say the name again? Bud Chenoweth. Chenoweth? Can we say the family relations again? Because that's going to take a while to process. Yeah, let's try to figure out. So she was a cult member. She was married to, or she was one of the wives of Bud Chenoweth. And Bud Chenoweth was the father of two women that the leader of the cults was married to. Yeah. Right, there okay. we go. Anyway, she threatened... High places. Well, quite. Um, basically everyone's married to everybody that's all you need to know <laughs> but she basically was seeing what was going on like with all the blood atonement wasn't very happy so for some reason threatened to leave and go to the police so oh. you can probably see where this is going and on Irville's orders his 10th wife Vonda drove um, Noemi into the desert and killed her and her body's actually never been found because oh. they don't know where it is um, so then, don't tell them that you're going to tell the police. Yeah, though. like just right, guys. If you just are in a it. cult and you are unhappy, just run away. Don't tell anybody. Don't trust. Don't trust a single person. Just get out until you get to the police station. Yeah, and even then, like, make it a good police station full of lots of police, not just like one rando there. Yeah. Um, Go to a big city. Don't don't stop in small towns. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That is solid Keep advice. Walking. Yeah. Um, so at this point, Irville started writing letters to other polygamist leaders. Um, 
And he basically was threatening their lives. <laughs> yeah. I like wives. Do you like wives too? <laughs> um, threatening their lives if they didn't switch their allegiance to the Church of the Lamb of God and start paying um, a tithe, so a religious tax. Oh, yeah, that'll work. Yeah. So an example of this was a chap called Robert Simons. Um, so he was the leader of a small polygamous sect in Utah who basically was like, nah, mate, because he learned that Irville just wanted to marry one of his wives because, you know, <laughs> apparently 13... <laughs> isn't enough <laughs> so Erville had him killed in 1975 oh. oh so he could marry all of his wives yeah he could get a whole new set of wives i'll show you <laughs> i mean and this is the other thing you can tell that's shit about cults because the fact that they can just marry a million wives you know that they are not putting anything into any of those relationships they are just using those women for sex because can you imagine being like it's one of my anniversaries. I can't remember which one it is. What should I get her? I don't know. Like, it would be a nightmare. And also just spending time with <laughs> a them. Wife. You'd get, what's that, one day a fortnight and then a day off. Yeah. Well, quite. Yeah, I mean, one wife is, I love my future wife, but one wife is enough, right? Like, you don't, you don't need another 12 in there. And yeah. she's great. I have, like, she's the best. Um, but... Yeah, no. Anyhow, let's move on before I somehow get myself in trouble, I feel. Um, <laughs> that same year, another one of his followers called Dean Vest, which is a great name, um, was preparing to leave the group. Um, Erval was apparently actually already angry at Vest because he refused to sell a houseboat he owned um, and tithe half the proceeds to the cult. So on Erval's orders, uh, Vonda again executed Dean in her kitchen. Um, she was actually later convicted of the murder. An assassin! Yeah. yeah. Um, she was later convicted of the murder, but she was all right with it all because Irville told her the murder had ensured her a place in heaven. Oh, Apparently, yeah. that's how that works. Um, this next story is a little bit sad. So in 1977, he also ordered the death of his pregnant teenage daughter, Rebecca. Um, she was angry because she'd been separated from um, her toddler son um, and was oh, basically threatening to go to the police about everything that the cult had been doing um and this is quite grim actually so um yeah like listen away uh, like turn away if you're not interested in hearing this but a witness testified that her body was stuffed into the trunk of her car and Erville was driving it around town in the afternoon and somebody actually commented that the car was riding low and he basically said it's because of rebecca um yeah he's he's really quite grim so his first wife psychopath oh he's horrible he's really like massive twat um no he doesn't get deserved to be called a twat they're fab he he's just a complete prick um we'll come back and think of a better word anyway Irville's first wife delphina was the mother of rebecca and she obviously you know found out that um her daughter had been murdered on her husband's orders and were well according to the wikipedia article she strongly objected oh yeah so she was put out i would say <laughs> um but basically, another one of her daughters... <laughs> the very uh, least. Yeah. <laughs> she was miffed. Um, mm. Another of her daughters warned her that she needed to settle down and, and just kind of accept it. Um, otherwise, she was going to be marked for blood atonement. And again, gotta love the women. She was like, hold up. I don't like this. They're probably going to kill me. So Del Delphina grabbed, managed to grab her youngest daughter and they snuck out of the house and fled to Mexico. Yes. Mm. So that was good. Um, See, they... Anyway... 
they walked and they kept fucking walking. Yeah, they did. They just ran, ran, ran um, and got themselves to safety. So here is how Erville finally ends up being um, captured. He never gave up on the idea of trying to kill his brother. Uh, so he devised a plan to catch him. So what he did was that he organized for the killing of uh, another leader. So this was his name was Rulon Alfred. Um, no, Allred. Sorry, Rulon Allred. And he was the leader of the apostolic it's yeah. like apostle but yeah yeah united yeah. brethren uh, which was one of the largest um, polygamous sects and three of Erville's followers uh, which included so no hang on rena chinnawith his wife his young wife who was now of age um killed him and then three of the other um cult followers went to the funeral looking for Verlin because they were basically trying to flush him out because they knew he would attend this however they had to abort the mission because there were a load of police there um anyway so Erville was captured in Mexico and he was tried and convicted in the USA for planning Allred's murders so no more of the corrupt bollocks he got charged with the crime in the United States and was sent to prison for life however that did not end his reign of terror Because while in prison, he continued to write testaments for his followers. Um, One of these was called the Book of New Covenants, and it contained a list of 50 people that he marked for blood atonement. Oh, shit. Yeah. So he... are fucking mad. They're just like, kill this person, kill this person, kill this person. Like, there can't even be reasons anymore. There's so many. Mm. Like, you won't sell your houseboat. You must die. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty grim. Maybe try Um, renting. He died in jail, so yay. Um, weirdly, there's not a load of information about kind of the ins and outs of his death. I had a look, and there was a New York Times article that indicated that he took his own life because essentially he was in a maximum security part of the jail, and there were five other uh, people in there as well, but they were all in their own individual cells at that point, so it was just him. Um However, there were comments about he might have strangled himself or he might have punched himself so hard in the throat he choked. <laughs> I don't know. Possible? That sounds... I, I, part of me was like, I should try that. And then I was like, no, don't. <laughs> <laughs> but no, either wait. way, yeah, it, it seems like he took his life and it might have been as part of a pact with a another woman. And when they say another woman, <laughs> not what? one of the 13 wives. Oh, well, no. no. Um, because, you know. Um, what's they don't matter well exactly exactly he just needs that new tang society needs to start teaching women that they deserve better really though really though um this fact i found really sad because um erville's brother verlin having managed to escape him the whole time died in a car crash three days later i was like what I mean, but I, he still kind of managed to outlive him. So I, I factor that that he won. Yeah, it's enough. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. um, president for three days. Well, exactly. Now, this is one of those things where I'm not going to be able to go into kind of the detail of what happened next just because of time. But there was um, kind of a big furore about who is going to take over from Erville. Um, originally, it was his son, Arturo, but then he died and it was uh, there was a whole big thing. Um, the only thing I'm going to tell you about, which was um, really quite significant, um, was the 
uh, something that became known as the four o'clock murders. So it was June 27th, 1988. So this is seven years after Irvils died. Um, and the cult targeted three names that were prominently on his blood atonement list. Um, and basically at four, pretty much within a, a span of minutes uh, around four o'clock, um, the cult members killed um, four people in three different locations. So one of them was Irvils' stepson, um, another one was another kind of like major um, cult member who'd actually taken some of the children away. Like he had tried to kind of move away from um, the cult and was trying to kind of give them a normal life. But he was then murdered. Um, and another bro brother of his, Richard, um, killed a f another former member and his eight year old daughter after mm -hmm. luring them to an empty house. Um so it's pretty horrendous. Do uh, like in terms of it's it's a really sad and horrible story in some parts. But if you know this kind of side of things does interest you, I would say it's worth reading. His son Herber, um, or Heber, it's either Herber or Heber. I'm not sure. Ended up kind of taking over, and he was only 20, and he was the guy who orchestrated the 1988 murders, um, which was just terrifying. Uh, I thought anyway. Um, yeah, it's kind of mafiary. Yeah. Yeah, like or taking multiple people out on the same day at the same time. Yeah, yeah. it's also completely unnecessary. Well, entirely, and nothing to do with religion. But then there you go. That describes hey. so much of it. So to sum up, Irville LeBaron married thirteen women and fathered more than fifty children. Mm. Oh, he also had several stepchildren. Uh, the reason that his church and really the church i guess his dad came from as well all kind of started was because they were desperate to cling on to polygamy because without that what's the point apparently mm. does religion even and that is my cult story of the church of the lamb of the god of the church of the lambs of the god of the and the the lengths people will go to just to have a lot of sex with just to keep women who probably inequality inequality between men and women happening the length people will go to is fucking crazy yeah it's really it's really upsetting it's, and it's a large part because honestly if you're just you and your partner who's cleaning the house <laughs> well he did so he had that one wife who did all the murdering or yeah. the, so like, the assassinated wife two, two wives you, who were murdery oh yeah. two okay so you probably need like two cleaners you need two cook wives an army of cleaners really and cooking meals and actually making them different and new and interesting every day like you yeah they're, they're not you're cooking for 50 children they're having they're having like beans <laughs> every day sorry Pythagoras <laughs> it's a big pot of beans <laughs> but yeah this was cults guys this week was really was really interesting pretty dark but I did enjoy gonna, looking just, into cults I'm gonna go listen to a billion YouTube videos about cults. Ria's gonna go listen to a billion ones about cryptids. I'm gonna go listen to cults. Um, I've already still been listening to uh, YouTube videos about cryptids, uh, <laughs> and I love it. They are a great. Um, okay, guys. So, how's your origami? Um, uh, I I did that. Oh, drowning. Drowning boat. It's the little boat that he that he nice. killed the on. Yeah, Nina. Mine's uh, the only thing that I could think of, um, which is very insensitive, but I've got a cup for drinking the Kool-Aid. Oh, yes. It's a really bad cup. <laughs> I mean, so were those ones. It was freestyle. Freestyle cup. 
Uh, and I sent you mine. I did a tiny lizard because my tenuous link there is that my story was set in Mexico. Oh, very nice. That is tenuous. Yeah. But I mean, I, I didn't want to make 13 wives. So, yeah, you know. <laughs> um, 50 children. Lazy origami. So I'm very impressed with your lizard. Oh, oh thanks, yeah. I've just got it up. It's cute. I will name him Bodrick. Oh, yeah. Please do. Cool. Oh, Guys, oh. before we talk about our well pick a topic for next week and talk about craft i just want to say i don't know if you saw this but there was a thing going around social media this week that was talking about the fact that serial killers get named names that are too cool and we should start naming them like you know instead of the butcher of Cleesfield, it should be like the impotent prick of wherever and i'm so on board with that i'm really on board with completely trash talking Serial killers, murderers, rapists, the whole lot, paedophiles. Yeah. Like, let's get in there. Let's call them names they don't want to be remembered by. The pleb yeah. of plebsville. That's too nice, Nina. Think, think I feel bigger. like uh, yours is quite harsh on people who genuinely have impotence problems. So, uh, Oh, that's very true, actually. Yeah. And yeah, you're right. So I'm going to go ahead and apologize for that. What can we wish upon them? Pleb's also probably not. The okay. plague. Uh, it, what is pleb? What is I thought it's what uh, rich people call poor people. Is it? Uh, well, it's plebeian, isn't it? Um, it's it's yeah. my impression. Pleb is my impression of a Tory. I think, no, I think it can sometimes be indicative of somebody not being particularly intelligent. Uh, well, um, that's how I feel Tories feel about everyone else. <laughs> yes, true. Um, you do bring us to a really good point, though, Nina. No, um, oh, go on. Yeah, it, it's an ordinary person, especially one from lower social classes. So uh, you're right, Nina. I don't know why I sound surprised. You is it because you think she's a pleb? <laughs> yeah. Rhea definitely thinks I'm a pleb. Um, but yeah, can I do our disclaimer quickly, guys? We do, we do, you know, this podcast is meant to be fun. We do try to um, tell stories that are interesting. Sometimes we're probably going to say things that are not necessarily the right thing to say. And we would really love it if you let us know if we say something that we shouldn't say or make a joke that is inappropriate or what have you we are very open to that kind of criticism and learning from those mistakes um so please do let us know and if you can think of a really good name for some serial killers that is duly you know doesn't give them any form of not not that i think the butcher of something is cool but i can see what they mean like it sounds like they could be in a comic book or something doesn't it we want to yeah. call them something that is like it's edgy yeah what Sorry, we need a word that like what like a word that epitomizes you know like when you use just like one ply toilet roll and you accidentally go through while wiping like that sensation oh, 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 we need a word for that to be the there. ass toucher of <laughs> yeah you know the accidental I, rim of, one of my yeah. accidental rim <laughs> i was gonna say rim poke but i didn't i didn't get as far as that Sorry. <laughs> the rim poker oh, rimmed this person so, <laughs> two of my childhood friends used to basically just insult each other all the time but one of the classics was Gimli son of groin which uh, I really liked yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah that is pretty good and the response to that was you're an arse born so like you were born oh. out of an arse <laughs> which oh that's really good yeah I quite like that that was very good Rhea you're an arse born well <laughs> You're, glimly you're a groin. Yeah, born. You're a groin. <laughs> nice. Give me son of groin. Um, Nina, have you got sock hat? Mm, sure. 
Yes. I like that was really convincing. You may as well have done little footsteps like, I'll just go get it. <laughs> literally say, I'll oh, get I'm it. back now. Just take the headset off. <laughs> she is actually going to get it now. Uh, whilst we're waiting, uh, you should like, subscribe and share yes. on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook with the hashtag Weirding Hour. Not the, no the. We'll get used to not adding a the. Weirding Hour. Oh, I've just pulled them all out the sock hat instead of just one. That's how it works. Oh, we're going to do all the topics next week. Amazing. Our podcast will be to research. years long. <laughs> right. We are doing supernatural locations. <gasps> Oh, yeah. Uh, And what craft are we going to do? Well, we talk about vague supernatural locations. Okay, I'll be super honest. I wouldn't actually mind doing origami again, but I I understand that we want to try and avoid repeating like so soon. But like, I I just made a boat, guys. It was. I mean, I'm quite pleased with my lizard, so I am happy to origami again. But is that allowed? I don't know. Do you know what? We're our own cult. We can make the rules. It's allowed. Yeah. Well, I'm the president and I'm saying it's cool. Listen, I've got a problem with what you're saying, though. So I'm going to start blood atonement. And uh, <laughs> uh, you didn't even let me tell you what you are. You get to be the janitor. And that's a very important role. Listen, Bob, I'll be the assassin wife that you don't come back from. Oh. I'll be the assassin wife. Wait, are you married to me or Rhea? Gina, call me an arsebone. Boat ride that you don't come back from. Yeah. Uh, okay. She can be married to you. Cool. So episodes are out. New episodes out every Thursday. Please do listen. We've already nagged you to like, subscribe, all that sort of stuff. So all that's left to say is, bye, weirdo. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Should we do it again? I don't know. All right. Know it? Yeah. Okay. Should we just say bye, weirdos? Yeah. Bye, weirdos. weirdos. Oh, for God's sakes. Ah. <laughs>